0: Summer is just around the corner, and I could not be more excited. Those warmer, sunnier days are calling, so fuel up for them with Factor's No Prep, No Mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to their menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals, which is so helpful for me, especially during those busy summer months. As you know, my mom and I, or at least me, are not great in the kitchen. I need to have things that are easy to cook and delicious and healthy. So Factor checks all those boxes for me. Make today the day you kickstart a healthy new routine. So what are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options, and treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. You can choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Factor truly has it all. So head to factormeals.com/barbknowsbest5050 and use BarbKnowsBest5050 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code BarbKnowsBest50 at factormeals.com slash best 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is
1: active. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand.
0: Hello, friends out there in the universe. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. We're here back again for another vividing, exciting, inspiring conversation about life that hopefully you all gain insights from. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Michelle Maros, and I'm here with my mom, Barb.
2: Hello, Barb. Hi Michelle hi everyone
0: how are hi. you good how are you
2: good it's gonna be kind of cool we're just doing a uh, part two I think of what we did last week we love is, a two-parter it's it, it is there's always so much to say I always feel like there's so much to say with within a short amount of time so it's always kind of you can like really breathe into it and and it's always nice to do a two-parter so I'm looking forward to today again
0: well interestingly, Um, you and I were having a conversation recently about the concept of time and how you, in your whole lifetime, tend to feel like you don't have enough time. And with the two-part, it lets you off the hook of being a time demon.
2: That is true.
0: Like, you know, you don't have to get it all in because we can just hit pause and come back to it in another day.
2: I think that could be a good episode down the line, this idea of time, because I... I'm going to share some things with all of you in due time. Um, I went on an amazing retreat.
1: <gasps> She's talking about
2: it. In the past uh, few months. So, And I think one of the greatest takeaways I got from that retreat is time, is the idea of how oppressed that I think I'm not unique in that, that I feel oppressed by time quite often. So, yeah, that could be a nice episode. But today, but today is part two.
0: Yay. Yeah, so I know we left last week's episode with some closure. We did. It could, <laughs> it could we, stand alone. Of course it could. Um so if you haven't listened to last week, go back and give it a listen. We talked about the concept of closure, what to do when you don't feel like you've gotten closure or you feel like things have been left uh things have been left unsaid or, you know, the wound is still open. And I I would love to spend today's conversation just really diving deeper into what closure looks like and how we can be proactive in our own lives to create the feeling of closure for ourselves if a person or a situation isn't providing the space to do it together.
2: And in that episode, I just want to say what I use in my own daily life for decades now is, is this concept, I, I, I'm a businesswoman, Um, I've been in business practically my whole life starting from like age 14, but what I love to use is unfinished business for whatever reason, that was the, those are the words that really resonated for me decades ago. Like how, what is it? What happens inside of me when, when I have unfinished business? So it kind of goes in in alignment actually with that idea of, you know, having, having our to-do list. As we're as we're on our deathbed, kind of, you know, we we're going to have things that aren't done, and so can we be make peace with, and can we be okay with that? Sometimes there's unfinished business. Sometimes we don't get closure. We are going to go out of this lifetime with things that are probably still on our to do to do list that we haven't done. So how can we navigate life's ups and downs and navigate all the things that are happening in life and be okay with, you know, having a difficult Situation with a family member, and there never really can be closure. Because in my mind, closure is so final that sometimes there never is a finality to it. And I think today would be really great, too, to talk about how to redefine or how to make sense out of the word acceptance. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about acceptance that if I don't get to that place of total acceptance, then I'm never going to be happy or it's never going to be okay. And I just, I don't agree with that. And I don't think either one of us agree with that. So we want to, I would like to talk about that a little bit more too.
0: Absolutely. I do think that it's an interesting concept to ruminate about because I don't know if this is a a societal thing here in the United States or just how we as humans tend to, you know, lean into, but even the concept of unfinished business or closure or like ticking things off the to-do list it's very perfectionistic you know in nature like we think that we have to be complete every second every moment every day every week whatever the time frame is in order to feel okay and it's it's like we're on that hamster wheel of always feeling like we're needing to finish something in order to be enough or to be worthy or to be productive, whatever that thing is. And it feels like to me, like closure, like acceptance, like letting go is another um, aspect of that perfectionism. Like I've got to heal from this in order to move on. And I think that's where a lot of us get stuck. That's where I've gotten stuck. Like I haven't gotten over this. And so I'm still living in the past of these feelings, these emotions, these situations with these people. And so I would love for, like you said, to redefine acceptance, closure, moving on, because you can heal from it without getting trapped in it.
2: And I think too, to I think also to understand that that there, it, there's, it's a little slippery slope kind of a thing or it's a little sticky when, yes, you may not have closure or unfinished business all done and all of those things, but then also not procrastinating either or right. not leaving things undone or not getting to things, oh, I'll get around to that or I'll do this. So it's really, I like to look at all of the things, Michelle, that you and I talk about as truly understanding the mind understanding ourselves so deeply that we become our own best friend, which we've talked about on, on other episodes, so that we know, oh, wow, I'm really procrastinating here. And, or, oh, you know what? I'm I'm looking for acceptance. I'm looking for the closure. I'm looking for it to be wrapped all up and tied in a nice, neat little bow so that I can move on. So it's really interesting. I just wanted to put that out there that yeah. it's trying to find that middle path all of the time, not being perfect and not thinking that life is ever going to be just rosy out there in the outside world. And we're going to be able to take a deep breath and sit back and relax in, in many aspects. And also though, not thinking that, Oh my gosh, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta get this done. I'm never going to be healing. I'm never going to be healed unless I find some closure. And how do I do that? And I don't want to forgive this person because what they did to me is so egregious. I'm stuck. So I hope today's episode <laughs> maybe could kind of start you, you thinking about and having your own insights as you said, when you started this episode, hopefully it was insightful last week, having your own insights of, wow, what resonates for you? Mm-hmm. What would closure look like for you? Or unfin- getting getting clear on some of the unfinished business. And how can I start to have, for me in this episode today, also how can I start to have true self-compassion, true loving kindness for myself?
0: That is the name of this game, when you drill down into it, is the compassion and kindness and acceptance for yourself because everything else we can't control and we can't go back and change or fix and we can't manipulate to change what's to come. But we can start to be a little kinder and loving and accepting of ourselves so that we can nurture ourselves for the future.
2: Beautiful, and I, I want to share something, and I, I don't know the exact context of it because I've been <laughs> reading a lot of poetry, so I'm trying to sort it out. But we'll put it in the you show. notes. You throw
0: it out there, Heather, well, and I'll
2: find it. We'll put it in the show notes. But it goes something like this. It's it. There, this is just a little snippet of it, and it it makes me teary almost every time I read it to myself. This little couple couple stanzas in it, and it goes like this. After all these years. Of tending and loving, after all these years of loving kindness to others, this old heart of mine has finally, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't say it. I can't remember. I'm just like drawn to total blank. It's so weird. Start over. After all these years. Oh, shoot. I'm just, I totally have lost it. So. All right, let's well, just move on. We'll put it we'll in the find show notes. it. We'll find if I it. think of it, yeah. Um, it's all good. It's re- anyway, basically what it was, this old heart of mine is now understanding that I have to have that same compassion and that same loving kindness towards myself. So it's really important and I think it can sometimes take a close to a lifetime when I think of me at 66 years old really now understanding the 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 true necessity. And the true loving kindness that we have to have for ourselves. And it really can never be complete unless we have it for ourselves. So all of that that we give other people, absolutely, we're supposed to be loving and kind and compassionate for other people. But it has to start with ourselves. Was it David White? No, I'll find it. I'll find it. Because
0: he has an interesting uh, phrase. If you wanted to drown, you could, but you don't. Because finally, after all this struggle and all these years, you simply don't want to want to anymore you've simply had enough of drowning and you want to live and you want to love
2: it's beautiful I know I you love, love, David, I love White. David White as well yes but but I'll that's
0: get, not it we'll find it yeah
2: I'll get it to you but I
0: think the but it was the of message it, of it sorry go. just what
2: made me what, what makes me teary every time is when we get, when you get to the part this old heart of mine you know it's just kind of like wow because I I, I feel like I do have a lot of compassion and loving kindness for others it's 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 just who I am. And I'm realizing more and more over the past couple of years, especially you know, during this pandemic, but it's also especially after this past really, really, really difficult year. You all know that i am talked about getting a divorce, which I'll talk about more in, in more detail this in the coming months. It's just been really hard. So that idea of having the love and compassion for myself has been really critical this past year, especially. And I've noticed that um, I need to make it more of a practice. I need to make it more of a priority. Mm. So this old heart of mine is Ella finally... Wheeler Wilcox? No. Nope. All right. I'll
0: find it. We'll find it and it's then we'll- good. It's all good. Well, I am a investigator at I heart. Know. So you give <laughs> you me something that I need to uncover. It's like, that's my perfectionistic tendency of like, I will get to the bottom of something no matter what. But I I think the message of that rings true. I think a lot of us feel like we give love so freely and so willingly and we want to be the nurturers and the carers and the the people that people can rely on and when do we turn it back into ourselves? And that's the hardest thing because I think society has branded that as being selfish or narcissistic or um, not right. And it's really hard for us to start to project that same kind of love and care towards ourselves.
2: And I think the key is it has to start with us. And that's what I'm really recognizing. And I think that's where the tears come when I read this particular poem or if I hear anything about loving kindness for ourselves. And I think um, one of the things that I want to share today during this whole episode is are some phrases that we'll talk about a little bit that we can start using that have been really transformational for me in the past few months. So. Yeah. It has to start with us. You know, we all know that we can't, we can't pour from an empty cup. Everyone has heard that phrase. I think that's been around forever, but it's so true. How do we, how do we truly expect to go the distance in our lives with compassion and love and caring and kindness and sorting things out and finding some semblance of acceptance and closure and unfinished business, not feeling so heavy on our, on our minds if we're not actually loving and taking care of and being very gentle with ourselves and compassionate with ourselves, it just can't work. And I've really, really noticed that this past year. So it's been very, very helpful and very invigorating for me to understand that so beautifully and actually practicing it.
0: So... Hmm. I love it. So I know last week we... We said that we were going to give a little bit more structure into the process of finding closure and acceptance and just some steps that we all can start to take to feel like we're moving forward and not staying stuck, which has always been something that I've struggled with, especially when it comes to relationships and feeling like I dwell in the past of what was or what could have been, or what would my life look like now if things hadn't unfolded in the way that they did. And it's that an interesting dichotomy of that thinking as well as getting stuck in that mindset of like healing and. And feeling like I'm on this healing journey, so nothing else matters. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I know what you
0: mean. Where it's like you you kind of disregard other aspects of your life because you feel like you need to heal from something that maybe you didn't get closure from. And then it kind of consumes you. And sometimes I wonder, and I don't know if this is getting too heady, but sometimes I wonder if we get so caught up in the, concept of healing from it where if we rather had that idea of acceptance or letting go, instead we could start to move through it in a more timely way.
2: I like what you just said, Michelle. I think that's really beautifully said. It makes sense. And I what I was hearing mostly thinking about myself is I think we get stuck in thinking that we can control it. I think for me, when I'm having a difficult time moving through something it's because I don't want to accept that it happened and I want to control it and I want to figure out how to, how to fix it, how to change it, how to make it make sense for me. How did we talked about this in last week's episode, how to understand it. And there we yeah. can't fix, we can't change it. We can't control it. Um, we, we could, we could possibly try to fix it. I guess we could own our part of the street and try to see what we could contribute to the conversation to try to, to try to fix it. We're never saying that we can't bring our relationship back to balance with another person. But we're also trying to say, though, that sometimes the the other person on the other side of the street is not really willing to have that conversation. So we're talking about this extreme, really, where we've tried everything and we can't really find a middle ground with another person or with the job that we lost or whatever it is, whatever it is that we're trying to control that happened in our lives that we can't seem to move forward. Yeah. The whole idea is to continue, continuing, continuing to move forward in our lives. So for me, it's always about control. I don't want to accept what I, I don't want to accept what happened. So I'm living in the past a lot. And then I, then I jump into the future like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't live with this outcome. Because what is my life going to look like in the future? So we're straddling the past and the future, and we're not even present in the moment.
0: Yeah. I'm going to say something that might be controversial. And I don't... The face that oh, she just Here we me. go. Yeah, go I, for it. I truly don't mean it in in a way that's offensive or triggering to anybody. This is simply just my own experience and things that I've been uncovering for myself in my own healing journey. But I do, I have noticed within myself that it's very easy for me to lock in on a trauma that I've had in in my life and take that trauma and make it like a overarching theme of my life of something that I have to heal from. And, and also kind of use it as a crutch of my own life's progression because i can say oh well i've had this thing that's happened in my life that it i've had to spend so much time healing from that i don't have to it, it i can i can give it can be my excuse for cert- certain things you know what i mean and so i'm just saying like i think that for me i've started to notice that i can heal from things that have happened to where I don't want it to be a defining um, narrative of my life and thinking about things that have happened in my life where I don't know if you can ever fully get the closure that you want because I think the closure or the justice would be it not happening. And, And that's not reality and that's not possible. And... Sometimes I think in the past, I've spun my wheels into thinking of like, how can I magically have made this not happen? Because that's really the only way that you can have full um, closure in the sense that I think we're used to thinking about. And so I've spent so much time in therapy going round and round and round talking about it and examining it which has been time well spent of course because i feel very um grounded and centered in the things that have happened in my life but i could i've i've noticed in past instances in my life i've held on to it in a way where it's like i'm healing and so i don't i can't i don't have to do anything else
2: because this is something that i'm working through does that make sense it does make sense and i think that that's why Here's the thing. I could spend the this rest is...
0: of my life looking for closure for some things that have happened, but I know I'm not going to get it. But I know I can, in my mind, write a story that it's a noble journey to just unravel that for myself.
2: I, I agree. This is a there's a lot packed into what you just landed. I here know because, I did, but I... I think it's very, very important. I I don't know where this whole episode's going to go, but <laughs> I think it started off with a poem that I couldn't even remember, and now we're now we've. We're journeying into this Trauma. this, because what you said is incredibly important. And I think there's a lot of layers to this. So what, what I, what I believe you just said is what we've been talking about it. This is why it is so important to understand that healing is a journey. Healing is not linear mm-hmm. and you can get triggered from a trauma, especially the one that you're talking about, that I hope one day that you, you'll share, especially the one that you're talking about that that is exactly what you just said. The only way to heal totally, 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 or have closure that people think in their minds of what closure and, and healing and and the end of the story, basically, so to speak, is for it not to happen right because it is one of those things in life that has happened it's a traumatic event that's happened that can just rear its ugly head in some version some form form at any moment so what i heard you say and where i'm feeling for myself in the traumas that i have experienced in my life it's a couple that have been pretty severe exactly and I, i've shared the one that i'll talk more about in my next book with being Ooh. with <laughs> book talks so The thing that I'm saying is the the answer to the healing is there has to be complete compassion and love and care for ourselves. There has to be the awareness and the insight and the ability when it rears its head for us to be able to say, oh my goodness, I just got triggered by that trauma that happened 50 years ago, or what for me, when I'm thinking 53 years ago, 55 years ago, wait, what's going on right now? What's happening that that just got triggered? Oh, that must be a little now piece. Because I like to think of healing as we're peeling the layers of an onion back. We all know how many layers an onion has, so it could take a lifetime. (laughs) So, oh, that's another layer of the onion that I just got triggered, what's happening for me right now. So I don't fall into that, oh, damn, I'm not healed. I'm 66 years old now, and I'm still dealing with this. Well, let me just sit back and try to deal with this healing now, and let me be, you know, in it and, and be down on ourselves. Right. That I've been in therapy for half my life and I'm still dealing with, you know, cause I think that's what happens. Cause we're looking for that magic answer of complete closure. And I don't believe it exists for me. I believe that I will get triggered. I'm recovering from an eating disorder since 1984. I get triggered. I can look in the mirror sometimes and say, Whoa, Barbara. Yeah. You need to go on a diet right now or whatever it is. Or you need to cancel plans for that lunch with your friends because nothing fits you and you don't look, I mean, all those crazy things that the mind tells us all the time, or not all the time, but tells us at the most inopportune times usually. So I think we have to have that deep, compassionate relationship with ourselves. So if I look in the mirror and my mind is telling me I don't look adequate enough to go have lunch with my friends, Sometimes I'll just kind of laugh and say, "Whoa, there you are again." You know that's not true. You know I love and care deeply for myself, so you have to have those kind of. um, I I think we have to have those phrases or those answers back
0: in the back pocket.
2: Yes, we have. That's why we call it a toolkit. You call it whatever you want to call it, but there are these. I call it now, especially after this, this last retreat that I was on, and especially after this really. Deep work that I feel like I've done for this past year, it it I have to have this really loving, kind, nurturing relationship with myself, so that I don't get angry with what happened fifty right. six years ago or whatever it was again. So I don't b- dig up all that garbage that that I went through all these times with therapy, but also so that I don't get uh, so that I don't get um, passive about it, and I don't oh, what's the matter with me, right? So, I think there's a middle ground of just loving kindness for ourselves, and oh, I just got something came up and and, but in like and like a being strong the scientist way. In a, and being the scientist, right you know, we're saying we are the scientists of our own lives. our lives are an experiment, really being the scientist, okay, what's just come up for you, Barb, that this that, that, that triggered you?
0: And it's interesting because I do think that trauma or loss or difficulty or losing, you know, you were talking about serious trauma, but a job, a house, you know, anything that makes us feel um, in a deficit of some sort. I do think, and I, I don't know what the science or psychology is behind this, but it kind of like chips away at our own um, connection with ourself. And I think that the healing is in reinforcing and building back up whatever has been etched away by these things that have happened in our lives so that they don't completely take us out or completely change who we are or how we think or how we feel or how we love. Um, it's to me, it's like building it back up and reinforcing the things that we know to be true. Like, you know, other people's actions are not your responsibility. Things that have happened to you don't decide your worthiness or your ability to be loved, like those things to be true. And that is like all of those reinforcements and reminders are the things that help me to be in a place in the present moment where I can think about trauma or difficulty or loss that I might not have closure from, but I can find acceptance of like knowing that in this moment I can act in alignment with myself in a place from strength of setting the boundaries if I need to set a boundary or, you know, going no communication if I need to go no communication, or saying something if I need to say something, or just, you know, making the choice to move on and live my life and be happy because that is, that's closure for me, not carrying that load because it is so heavy.
2: Beautifully said, Michelle. I, also, what I want to add here that really came up for me when you were talking is when I was on this retreat, I was in one of my meditation practices. Uh, we were practicing meditation. And the voice I believe there's we have two voices. We got the we have the voice in the mind that's constantly talking to us, and then we have the voice within. You can call it the voice of the heart, call it the voice of the soul, call it just whatever whatever resonates for you. But there is another voice that lives inside of us. There are there are two voices inside of us. And so the voice within said so loudly and so profoundly, Barb, remember the relationship that you have with yourself is the most important relationship you will ever have. Check the relationship that you've been having with yourself. And it was just so weird. And I remember I started to get teary again, even in my meditation. And I thought, wow, we teach that. We talk about it on our episodes. We know that to be true. But it is everything. The relationship that you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would just love to put that out there for people. Like sit in some quiet time and just think about what kind of relationship do I have with myself? How do I treat myself? How do I talk to myself? Do I trust myself? Do I listen to myself? Do I have a, a deep feeling within within myself, in the body? Like, can I feel like, whoa, something isn't right here? So it's like it's just really really important to to spend some time cultivating that deep relationship with yourself. So when a trauma rears its head or so when something happens, I can have such a deep love for myself that I could take a pause and say, "Okay, what's happening right now?" Right. It's very, I don't know, it's so nuanced I think or there's <laughs> something really subtle here, but it can be the most profound thing that you could ever do in your life, the most important thing that you can ever do in your life is getting on the journey of having that deep, kind, loving, understanding, compassionate, trusting relationship with yourself. Because I think that that's that's where we get derailed with the words like closure and unfinished business and we we, we can't accept things that are happening and we can't really live in the present moment because the past has, you know, just been so difficult and the future's I can't even imagine a future because the past is ruined. And I go back to this idea that nothing and no one has the power to name who we are. The past doesn't. The future doesn't. People don't. Things don't. So we really have to understand that is where our control lies. We decide we're worthy no matter what we accomplish in life. We decide that we deserve loving kindness. We decide that we deserve to have our boundaries met when they're not in our best interests, We just have to decide that, that we are the boss of our own lives and that we have the power and we don't have any power control outside.
0: Let's take a break.
1: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
3: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? And we're back! Wow,
0: who knew we were gonna? Yeah, I know, <laughs> <That's> so deep. <laughs> but I, I, love it. I love when we have these kinds of chats. I
3: think we're d-
2: d- d- life is really deep for a lot of people right now. There's it a is. lot going on right now. There's a lot of energy going on right now. That's that's difficult to handle. Difficult to maneuver. And I know that we just did that whole workshop on grief and all of that, and so so many people resonated with that. That was such a heavy. Mm-hmm. a conversation that we we're having but such a necessary conversation so I think the conversations that we're having are so necessary and this conversation today which started last week for me is feeling like the most important conversation that we can be having in life right now is what kind of relationship do we have with ourselves and how do we talk to ourselves and how do we treat ourselves and what do we think about ourselves and how can we really start to cultivate that friendship where, the loving kindness and compassion and gentleness and friendliness. You know, if loving kindness, compassion, if some of those words are heavy or they don't, you well, can't I resonate do, with them. Drill I do them, think
0: people hear them and they kind of are just like, I can't get there.
2: So drill it down to friendly. Can you yeah. be friendly with yourself? Can you be, uh, at, what's the other word? Friendliness, um, uh, give yourself some grace or being, forgiving. I know that's a heavy duty word too, but just really being forgiving. You made a mistake really being forgiving. Oh wow. I just made a mistake. Not being a perfectionist, not thinking that you have to have it all together in order to step your foot out the door and go live your life today. Because we're so forgiving of other people in that regard. If somebody makes a mistake and they call us up and they apologize to us, we say, oh no, big deal. No worries. I'm good. Mm -hmm. You know, thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate that. So I don't know. I think it's just taking stock of, of how you treat yourself and just little by little by little. Once you start to understand that you're really hard on yourself or that you don't give yourself the grace that you give other people or you think their life matters more than yours or all those things, it it just can't be. We're going to run out of gas. We're gonna, The tank is going to be low and we're just not going to be able to have the patience.
0: Candle in the wind.
2: So it's really important. I'm really on a really on a soapbox here right now. I'm really on a pedestal. Of, I like it. I'm really on a, on a mountaintop right now saying, because I've noticed it with myself in this past year, I really had a lot of lapses of being really kind and gentle with myself and understanding that, wow, the important thing is what's happening with you, Barb. How are you feeling about yourself right now?
0: Well, that connection with self and knowing yourself and understanding yourself and taking inventory about your life and whatever situation you find yourself stuck in is really that first powerful step towards the healing or the closure or whatever the the word is. I guess, you know, since we were talking about closure last week and healing and acceptance this week. I think the first thing really to, to start to think about if you have something that you feel like you can't quite move through or get over or let go of is really identify and solidify the intention or choosing the word of what it is that you're trying to do. You know, I think people say like healing and I don't know if that even resonates for some pe- people. You know, some people say closure, but it's like, what is it that you really wanna get? from this situation? Do you just want to feel at peace? Do you want to have some sort of um, consequence or responsibility? Do you just feel like you need to, you know, get on top of the mountain and scream about it for, you know, one day and then be done? Like, what is it that you feel like you need in whatever this situation might be? What is that word? Is it acceptance, letting go, closure, um, therapy, grief, processing, you know, I think that's the first step because if I know that I, I need to, um, process a trauma or a grief, I know that that's something I need to go talk to my therapist about, you know, but if I'm thinking about friendships or situations that have ended, that's for me, a an internal inventory of, Taking stock of all that happened, learning the lessons that I need to learn, and accepting and letting go. So I think it's interesting to name the state of the the thing that you're in, so that you can know where you're working with.
2: That's profound, Michelle. That is really, really good. That is, you're saying get detailed. What what get is the clear? De- get on clear the thing. And, and and detail it. I because I, w- I would imagine for me when I was going through some of the major healing parts of my life. The the big trauma things that we talk about, it, it was mostly I'd get down to what do I want? I want it not to happen. Right. I don't want it. I want that person to pay the price, or I don't want this to have happened. This is not okay, and that's not possible. So I think what you're saying, Michelle, is if you can get clear and get a little more detailed and know what it is you want, you'll get to a place of well, I want it not to happen. Then you say, well, that's not possible. You know, you can cry, you can do the the morning of it, you know, feeling the feelings deeply, because I think sometimes we cut ourselves off from feeling the feelings so deeply because we're scared or we don't, we don't give ourselves enough permission because I know that that was what happened for me this past year. I really allowed myself permission to cry a lot. Like this was painful. This was hard. And I think I'll lead you all in a little guided short little meditation at the end about this idea of how can we start to show the compassion and love for ourselves for the pain and suffering that we're feeling. So I think when you were speaking, that's what I was hearing. Wow, giving you're giving people permission. Feel your pain. Feel your suffering. Honor it. Understand it. Get clear on now what do you want? Because the thing happened. The event mm-hmm. happened. The trauma happened. The episode happened. The thing happened. We cannot change what has happened. We can only change how we are going to respond to it. And for me, what I've noticed is when I when I can actually feel it deeply in my body and allow myself to feel the feelings deeply, then I can move to the next step. Okay. This happened. I'm really suffering. I'm in a lot of pain and I'm really suffering. Now what do I need? So like it's a step-by-step process. Yeah. Now what do I need? Okay. Now I need to really cancel the meeting that I'm supposed to go to later. Cause I'm just not really up for it. I'd really like to go take a nap mm-hmm. or I'd really like to go rest. Cause I'm exhausted from all the crying or from just the feelings that my whole body just went through feeling the pain just, you know, and what is that the relationship that you have with yourself? Like loving yourself so much. Right. What do I need in this moment? And it might not be what other people like. Like if I cancel a meeting that I'm supposed to go to in the next hour, let's say, yeah, I'm going to disappoint people. And I think you've written about this in blogs. Just make sure you're not disappointing yourself. You know, sometimes when we really need it, it's okay to disappoint other people.
0: Right. And I think what what you said was so spot on and what I was trying to say, it's like that identifying the thing that you need and knowing yourself so deeply that, it's, that they kind of um, come together in a way that's so aligned for you. Like, you know, I think if you're trying to find closure from something that's triggering for you, knowing that I don't think deep-seated triggers and traumas can be healed by just... Um, you know, journaling about it or positive affirmationing your way out of it. Like it's I, a good beginning. It's a good, you no know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you have something that you keep getting triggered by and you're like, I just want to move on and you feel like you can't like, that's where you're like, wow, this is something that keeps happening and I don't want to feel this way. I need to go investigate a therapy or something that I can go to that can help me subconsciously sort this out. It's knowing yourself and knowing the needs and knowing when You need to ask for help and knowing when you can sort of be that vessel for yourself to move forward.
2: And giving yourself permission to do it. (laughs) I agree. I was, what came up for me, my mom, I was there, I took care of my mom when she was dying in 1998. And so it was a couple month process. And when my mom died, it was hard. And so, you know, I grieved and I did the whole healing process and worked myself through it and living my life and everything. Well, the one-year anniversary of her death, I was so out of sorts and really didn't know what was going on with me. And I was late for something. You were, I think you were 11 or 12 at the time, and I was supposed to be at school to do something, and I was late. And then I needed to change something because I was late, so then it made everything else late in the day. And so I had to call up someone and say, hey, I'm not going to be able to do this. And they said, and they knew that, you know, they, they, were, they were a friend, you know, Not a very not we're real real, real intimate close friend, but they knew that um, my mother had died and all that kind of stuff. And but I didn't take care of myself and I didn't acknowledge it. And so when they said, you know, this is really, they got really irritated with me and said, this is really irresponsible of you to be acting this way today. And so I just broke down and I said, Mm. my mother died a year ago today, but I allowed the like I was angry with them. How dare you? My mother died a year ago today. Can you have some kind of compassion? And they were like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that. I'm so sorry. They were so sweet and so kind. And I'm thinking, Barbara, if you would have just acknowledged when you woke up this morning that this was a rough day for whatever reason, right. it was it was really hard for me that day. Instead, I was trying to bear it and I was trying to suck it up. And, and it was just every little incident was going wrong or was hard. And then when the one person said, what, what's up? This is really irresponsible because it was a major thing that we were trying to do at school or whatever it was. You know, and I broke down, can you not understand, you know, like really getting upset with them. Right, so they, but they didn't know. They had no it's, idea. It's and the communication. Exactly. And, it, and it's, I think it's communication, but I think it's also honoring yourself. Like what did I, what we're saying, I needed to sit down in the morning when I was first triggered, when that first feeling, and I started to get teary and cry, I needed to say, what do you need? Barb, what do you need right now? So I, th- I think it's what you're saying, you know, to get really specific, but also then to, you know, ask yourself, do I need to dig down deeper? Do I need to go to therapy? Do I need to journal a little bit more? Do I need to take a little bit of a break here for a half an hour or whatever? I think it's all the things that we're saying. I feel like what I'm feeling really passionate about is treating yourself like you would your dearest and most loving friend. Mm-hmm. Can you learn to treat yourself like that? If my... F- Close friend called me up and said, "I'm having a really hard day today. It's the one-year anniversary of my mom passing away." My first thing would be, "Please take care of yourself. Call me if you need anything. I'm here for you. If you want to talk, I'm here. I w- do whatever you need to do, whatever you feel like you need to do. To, I mean, I would do that in, a, in an. I don't even care what she would have to cancel. Right? It wouldn't even matter. Right? When we really love someone deeply, we want to be there for them in whatever way we can to try to alleviate maybe a small part of the pain or the suffering that they're going through so we need to do that for ourselves
0: agreed it's always it's always the what we do for our others we also need to do for ourselves and of course like we say so often in this podcast, it is that first layer of awareness and self-knowledge and self-care is, is how we start to dig our way out of difficult situations or uncomfortable feelings or um, things that have happened in the past that we want to let go of. I know that might be annoying because it's always the first thing we say but you know there's something to be said about all of these great like philosophers talking about like know thyself and the importance of that and I think that sometimes it gets misconstrued or misunderstood of what that really means but know yourself so deeply to know what you want, know what to ask for, know what to communicate for, know when to, um, let go, know when to take an action. It's just, and that is the lifelong journey.
2: It's a, yes. I was just going to say it's true. When know thyself to thine own self be true. All those great things. I don't think we know how to do it sometimes. I think often we're stuck. Oh, that sounds good. I would love to be able to, to do that, but how, And I think that's what we're trying to say today and all the things that we teach and all the things that our own life experiences. When I say teach, I'm talking about sharing our whole journey and our whole life experience. And I think it's, it's really how do we take these profound phrases, quotes, comments, books that people write, how do we actually then translate that in our own life? How does it actually go into practice in our own life. How do because we're all different. We all have different iterations of of how we take things in. And if something really touches our heart, it it it's really behooves us to really take a pause and say, oh my gosh, that just really touched my heart. Like if I start getting teary, I'm starting to take a little pause. This really touched you deeply. What what is it about this that touched you? Where where would you like to how does this fit into your life or how does this translate into living your life? or living the path, or living the journey that you're on. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important, that idea of understanding what we we need, what we want, who we are, and having the most loving, kind, friendly, deep compassion for ourselves.
0: Yeah, always number one, first step. And then I think the next step in this process is... You know, knowing how to pick your battles, so to speak, like knowing what's worth holding on to to get some sort of resolution and knowing what can go by the wayside and knowing where to put your energy and knowing where you can say, "Okay, got it. Moving on. I think so often it's easy for people, people being me, to get tied up in you know, some of these instances in life that don't necessarily always deserve so much of the energy that we put into it. Or, you know, drilling down and writing stories and contemplating and feeling sad about something when it could have just been like, okay, you need to just say something and and let it go, you know? Not trying to over-examine or, you know, give it so much meaning like choose your battles choose where to place your energy
2: i yeah i mean that is so true and i when when you when you say that what i was what i was thinking was like recognizing that we have the power to redirect our thoughts when the thought is saying oh my gosh barb you have to fix this or you have to make something happen here that is going to be that is going to make you feel okay and so what what I, what I hear you say that like really looking at it and being honest with yourself. So we were talking last week a little bit about what do we do when, when another person doesn't apologize or when another person ghosts us or when another person doesn't come to the table and have any kind of remorse or any kind of, uh, any, any kind of owning of, of their participation. What, what do we do with things like that? And I think knowing Is this something that I can actually do something about what you just said, like like picking, where do I want to participate here and redirecting the thoughts that are telling you, you got to fix this. You got to do this. You got to do this.
0: Or they need to say they're sorry. Or they need to say
2: they're sorry or all the things. And so being honest with yourself, this is the relationship with yourself. Being honest with yourself is waiting for the other person to apologize, really helping you. And if they did apologize, what would that do? Or is it delaying you moving forward in your life or even delaying the healing process to begin? So releasing that grudge or that feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm going to anchor myself here no matter what, because I'm right and they're wrong. You know, just understanding and releasing that, not, not choosing to participate in that drama anymore. Yeah. Releasing that doesn't mean that now you got to trust that other person again and now right, you got to have no. them back in your life again And that you have to forget what happened. It just means, wow, well, I kind of want to free myself from this. I understand that I'm not going to spend the rest of my life in this battle and I'm I'm, I'm not going to waste any more of my energy or my time doing it. It just means allowing the other person, you know, to have whatever they're going to do and do whatever they're going to do and they're not going to hold you hostage anymore because they may never see the pain that they've caused you. They yeah. may never make amends. They may never say they're sorry. I mean all of that is true and I think we have to decide how important our life is and what can we start to move through what can we start to heal from without any participation from the other person.
0: Yes. You know this also might be very random but it it tracks in this conversation. I have been I went on a Vanderpump Rules journey over this past month because I don't experience a lot of FOMO in my personal life, but when all of the scandals started happening in the Vanderpump Rules universe, I experienced so much FOMO. I'm like, I need to understand what was happening. I have a point, I promise. And so I've been, I watched from the start and I've been into it and I've, I've never been a big reality show person. I'm not, I've never been into the Bravo shows, whatever. I got into it. I've been very into it, but my point of this is one of the things that I notice so often on that show is I see that there's so many instances of people going up to other people saying like, you owe me an apology. And the other person is like, I'm not apologizing. And then they go back and forth. And then there's this drama, like there's just so much drama, but then there's like resentment and that person never apologized for this and I will never get over it. And it's like that kind of dynamic of harboring so much energy about the apology that you didn't get because for whatever reason the person didn't give it and letting it run so much of your life and then getting so amped up about it when you could just either you know take a different action or set a different boundary or just let it go to find some sort of peace but i think we it's very easy to to throw the ball back into somebody else's court and say you're the one that owes me an apology. And until you do like this, we're never getting out of this. And it's like a round and round we go.
2: Yeah. Spiraling down all the way down.
0: But it's a good, it's a good example of um, letting go. Well, I think that that
2: for me, that is the definition of codependency and enmeshment and all that. Like we're tied to this other person. We can't move forward. We can't live our lives. We can't do anything because we are codependent with this other person. And they, if they don't do what we think that we need for them to do, and even if it's the most egregious thing, I mean, I know this sounds so easy if we're not in the middle of something really serious. And it's taken me a whole year. It's taken me a whole year to kind of come to some kind of, I don't want to use the word closure, or it's just take of of being settled with what is. Hmm. So the closer that we can start getting settled with what is, because we cannot change the past. And I think it's why we brought up cutting cords in the last episode last week, that idea of, can we start to visualize ourselves, even if it's just a little bit, just sitting for a moment and just visualize this great big cord. And we have these huge scissors that we can just start to start to at least cut a little bit of it, or at least Mm -hmm. start the cutting of the cord so that we can start to feel some power Part of the problem is we're feeling so powerless because we are, because the past happened, the episode happened, the incident happened. Now, what do we do to start gaining some sense of power or control? And that is in our behaviors, that is in what we're thinking and what we're doing and what we're the actions that we're going to take. Staying enmeshed and codependent with the other person is only going to make it worse if we could have some kind of little detachment from it, just a tiny little Brit tiny little bit to help us break a tiny little bit free from the dysfunction with them so that we can see. And chances are maybe the next step would, I mean, we are always talking about, we don't know if they're ever going to talk to us again. We don't know if they're ever going to say they're sorry. We don't know if they're ever going to acknowledge the pain that they've caused. Maybe there's that one in 50 chance that they will. Mm-hmm. If we can get a little bit of detachment from the enmeshment and that whole the clinginess of it and the the need to change it, the need to fix it, that deep desire that this is so terrible that this happened. And it is, trust me, I get it. Yeah. But it doesn't, it, it, after you feel the feelings and you move through it, it doesn't help to keep ruminating over the fact that it happened. Right. Just to gain a little bit of power back, but take the time that you need. I mean, it takes what it takes.
0: It takes what it takes. It
2: takes what it takes and we need to be gentle and loving with ourselves and doing whatever it is that we need to do. And then when there's that little small opening where we feel like we're we've grieved enough now what what is my next step now what? Mm-hmm. And then we can take that little baby step towards the next little piece of the healing. Yeah, and breaking free from the dysfunction and the drama.
0: And I think that next step is knowing when to take an action. Knowing when to, knowing what action to take and knowing what your next step is. And I think there's a plethora of things that it could be. It could be, you know, doing the inner work to let it go. It could be saying something that you need to say. It could be setting a boundary. It could be having a difficult conversation. It could be, you know, cutting off communication. I think we cultivate and find power within ourselves when we take these actions that we know we need to take when they're aligned. But that's often very hard.
2: And we're going to take things that are not aligned. I just want to add that because in this past year, of I, course. Took, well, I was just going to say this, I took some actions that I wasn't too proud of, you know, sent some messages and took some actions that I wasn't too proud of. And I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. I think we really have to be okay that we can't, we can't not take any action. We want to not take any action that's going to harm another person. But if we do, take an action where we said something or sent a text message or sent whatever that has harmed the other person. I'm not saying I'm not giving everyone permission to go harm other people, but sometimes we do. Yeah. And I mean, we're not perfect. We're human. human. And so we're going to harm other people. And so then understanding it and saying, okay, now what do I need to do here? I did say something. I did, I did do something that was harmful. That wasn't in alignment with what I think. It's not the end of the world it really isn't we have to be able to be okay that we might make some bad decisions and we might do something that's not not our best self showing up in that moment right and we can we can then own it or do whatever we need to do for it and then move forward and not hold that grudge against ourselves or not hold that oh my gosh this is so terrible how could i have done that so it it's very messy there's a t- there's a whole thought process when i was really getting deep into this retreat and there's a whole thought process. It's messy at times. I was thinking about in my mind one time during one of my men, this life journey's messy at times. And Often, it,
0: <laughs> Yes.
2: And it's not going as well as I might've hoped it might. But I think the the caveat to that, or maybe the flip side of that is maybe it's going better than I think. Hmm. It's going just fine. I think that's what I've been thinking about myself. This has been really hard. And if you've experienced a horrible trauma or you've experienced some really, really difficult times, heck, we just went through this long pandemic of so much grief and so much tragedy, and we're going through so many things in our country and in our world on a daily basis because we are connected 24-7 to all of the things that are happening everywhere, it is very, very, very hard. So if we can start to have some love and compassion for ourselves and say, you know what, it's messy. May not be going as how I would have liked for it to be going, but often it's going just fine.
0: Yeah. Knowing when it's going just fine so that you can have the the differentiation of when it's not. Beautiful. and So you don't get wrapped up in everything's trash all the time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Falling into that yeah. mindset.
0: Um, the next little step is to kind of limit or, or set boundaries within yourself to not fall into the pattern of reliving the past and writing the stories of things that happened to try and make sense of things. That's one of like the biggest patterns I've fallen into in the past of keeping myself stuck in situations when trying to find closure, reliving conversations, going over everything in my mind, writing stories about things that happened um, and trying to come up with some sort of answer or some sort, you know, scavenging for clues to get to the bottom of something that it's just not possible to really fully get to the bottom of. Um, And I do think that that's a key part of acceptance is not letting yourself go relive the past over and over, maybe spend it. I, I think that it a a good new practice could be spend a day, you know, say I'm going to spend this day going over everything that happened. I'm going to take inventory. I'm going to journal. I'm going to write down everything that I did. They did. That was said that maybe I could do better, that I would like to see better in the future. Like give yourself a day or whatever it is to let yourself go there and then really be disciplined with yourself to not, you know, re go over it all because I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a Scorpio and I like to investigate, but I'm always trying to reinvestigate something over and over and over again to see if I can come up with something different. And at some point you just have to cut it. So having that discipline with yourself to not go back all the time and oftentimes going back and um, romanticizing the things that have happened in the past, like oh, I was so wrong and they were so amazing. And what did I do? Cause I want it back. You know, that kind of thing, especially
2: in romantic relationships. It really wasn't that bad. Yeah. I made a big deal about it. That's why I love your idea. I think to journal it once, Yeah, maybe when it's fresh, what are all the things that happened? What is the conversation? And then what are the things that were my non-negotiables that got, that got violated? What are the things that happened to me? What are the things that the other person was saying? And so that if you do go back to it, at least you go back to it and you can be cognizant of what actually happened because the mind, I like to call the mind a tricky customer. (laughs) One of those kind of really difficult customers that you have to deal with. The mind will rewrite it. The mind, exactly what you said, Michelle, my mind will say, wasn't that bad. This person's pretty amazing. And then when, if I go back and look at my notes, wait a minute, this was, this was horrific. Yeah. So it's really important to have yourself your
0: own proof by writing things down. exactly, And you know, you can go back to it when you need to.
2: It's important to have the reminder of, wait a minute, what my, my feelings were valid. Right. And let me stay there so that I can work through those valid feelings instead of trying to change reality. Right. Exactly.
0: And then lastly, of course, is, you know, cultivating that inner hope and optimism that, that the good is still coming. You know, I think sometimes when we go through loss or difficulty, we think that our, the rest of our lives are going to be inundated with these kinds of feelings. And of course, feel those feelings and grieve loss, but you know, we've talked about like lucky girl syndrome and mindsets and affirmations and how to cultivate hope and it's important to remember those tools of you don't want to live there you want to live in a mindset of how you do want to live so just remember that you know trust your timing like we say if that's something that resonates with you things are working out for me you know all is well I believe in you know the good things that are coming. Know that you know things are going to be okay. This isn't going to be your life forever.
2: Yeah, nothing lasts forever. Everything. This too changes. shall pass. This too shall pass. It's so true. And life is difficult. I think remembering that first line, that first paragraph of the road less traveled. I think we started this whole I think podcast recordings with that. Life is difficult, and I think it. Life is difficult. This is a really. This is a hard journey that we're on. This is the most important journey that we will ever take in our lives is walking our life's path. And so it's difficult and it's going to be difficult. And the outside world is not really going to change. We have to be able to continue to grow and evolve and become the greatest version of who we already are from the inside out. And so I always say life is difficult and this path is not easy. It is hard and it's going to test us all so often and bring us to our knees often, but what a worthwhile journey it is. There is nothing more worthwhile than really understanding who we are and what we want and being able to become our own best friend. So it's a worthwhile journey, but it's very, very difficult. So I think the compassion and the care and the love for ourselves has to be there. It can't, it cannot not be there.
0: Amen, mother.
2: Yeah, it's so good.
0: So do you want to do a quick little meditation?
2: Sure. I could do this a short little, a short little one. Are we, we have enough time? Are we good?
0: I mean, this is a long episode, but give the people what they want.
2: <laughs> you're so cute.
0: It's just, really, I just thought this would be cool. We've never had a meditation in an episode before. So if you're someone who wants guided meditations, like bookmark this episode and, and note the time so you can come back to it as well. And this share is, it with
2: your friends. And this is a really short, like meditation. What meditation means is really just to sit with yourself. Yeah. So this is not a long thing. So just if you're listening to this episode, just close your eyes for a moment, wherever you are, if you're not driving, (laughs) yes, if you're not driving or not walking or not doing anything physical, if you're just sitting, listening to this, or if you're at a place where you're sitting still, just close your eyes just for a moment, just closing your eyes or lowering your gaze to the floor and just start noticing your breath, bringing your attention inward. Our attention is always (laughs) outward, bringing your attention inward. And this is a loving-kindness, self-compassion, friendliness, meditation. And just bringing your attention inward, noticing your breath, feeling your chest rise on the inhale, and coming back into the body on each exhale. Just nice, nice breaths in through the nose and out through the nose. And then silently repeating to yourself these phrases. I am aware of this pain. I care about this pain. I care about you. May this pain release. I love you. Noticing how you feel in your body as you repeat these phrases to yourself. Loving and honoring. And being the friendliest, most compassionate person that you can be to yourself in this moment. One more time, repeating silently these phrases to yourself. I am aware of this pain. I care about this pain. I care about you. May this pain release. I love you. And just taking a couple of breaths at your own pace, feeling the feelings that this may be bringing up for you, Maybe the first time that you've spoken to yourself like this, just honoring the beauty that is you, the worthiness that is you. And then just taking one more deep breath in and holding it at the top just for a second and naming one thing that you're grateful for in your life in this moment. And then you can open your eyes or bring your awareness back to the outer world. I've been practicing this a lot. Just taking a little, you saw that this wasn't even five minutes, I don't think. Just taking a little break of just a couple of minutes and just centering myself and talking to myself this way. Understanding, especially since I've had a lot of pain and suffering this, this year, it's just felt overwhelming, this idea. you know, I'm aware of the pain that you're feeling. I care about the pain that you're feeling and the suffering that you're feeling. And then just asking for the suffering and the pain to be released and loving yourself completely in that moment.
3: I
0: love that. Thank you for sharing that with all of us. Thanks for sticking with us in this extended episode. But I I really think that that is a helpful tool for people to have, you know, bookmark it, share it with people who might need it, because that was, you know, a couple of minutes, but very powerful. So thank you.
2: Yeah, taking that break out of the day to interrupt all of the trauma, drama, dysfunction, whatever it is, mm-hmm. just, just pausing for those two minutes to send yourself some loving kindness, friendliness, grace, is life-changing. Mm-hmm. Practicing this, if you practice this every day, you will start to notice a shift in the relationship that you have with yourself. And the kindness that you have for yourself and the love that you have for yourself. Absolutely. So thank you, Michelle, for this episode. Thank you everyone for being here.
0: Thank you everyone for listening and being a part of this community. We love you all. And we're so grateful. If you haven't yet, please make sure you are liked and subscribed to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. Of course, it's the best way to stay up to date with all of the newest episodes, but it does also help our podcast greatly. If you haven't yet, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and Spotify and leave a dazzling review on iTunes. That also helps us greatly. If you'd like to stay connected with us, which of course we hope that you do, please make sure you're following us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, at Barb knows best pod. That's the best way to ask us questions, podcast topic requests, all of the things. Uh, lastly, if you haven't yet, please make sure to check out our newest Barb knows best merch that is available now, right now, head to, you can click the link in the show notes to check out our merch. We have so many cute styles of, and things that I love so much. I've been wearing it all the time. And if you would like to support the show in that way, we would also greatly appreciate that. Um, that is all. Thank you so much again for listening. We are so grateful for all of you. Have a fabulous week. We'll chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye. This is the story of
1: the one.